Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. So the first particular event that we have to look at is the church age, and then there will be the rapture, and we need to understand that, and then there is a tribulation, and then from there, there's, a, there's Armageddon that'll take place, and then the second coming of Christ, and there's a millennial reign, and then there's an eternity future, and a white throne of judgment. All of that is going to be taking place, and we're going to die dissect it and try to understand exactly what all of these particular prophetic events mean, not only for the world, but also for us and the implications of that on our lives. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Unlike any other time, people are asking the question, is the end near? We have wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters, pandemics, and persecution. In this series, Pastor Philip is going to dive deep into the topic of end times as we study the book of Revelation, 1 Thessalonians, Ezekiel, Isaiah, and many other biblical prophecies. What we will find in this series is that Christians should not be scared of the end, but recognize God is bringing all things to a perfect ending. Please enjoy the message. Turn that there's going to be rumors, and then there are going to be wars. And those signs are going to continue to get larger and larger and larger for us to that anticipated date of him actually returning. But what exactly does his return look like? And why does it matter? And where does Israel have to do with that? What do us, which we need to be referred to as Gentiles, have to do with that because we are non-Jewish people? How does all of that come together? What are the major prophetic events that we need to be sensitive to and aware of? Well, as we consider the sequence of major events, we need to understand that there's two main views when it comes to end times. And we're going to hone in on one particular view over these next several weeks. But the two views are this. you got the amillennial view and you have a premillennial view. An amillennial view takes generally every prophetic uh, device in the scriptures and basically says that they're all symbolic, or most of them are meant to be figurative. Then you have a premillennial view that says these need to be mostly taken literally. So the amillennial view would say that Israel is the church today. Israel ceased to be Israel, that they are now the church, they are you and it's you and I. By faith, we are Israel. The premillennial view says that the church is the church and Israel is Israel, period. The promises for Israel are for Israel. The covenants that were made, whether it was the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, all of those promises are for Israel, not necessarily for us. And you can flesh that out, whether it's 144,000 or it's a thousand year reign, all of those things can either be figurative or they can be literal. So as we are looking at these major events, we're going to be looking at it from a vantage point that is premillennial in, is premillennial in teaching. And that's just something we have to understand. And what I would want to encourage you with is I know that we have a church that has both views present in it. And so whatever view you hold, just be gracious to the other people that hold a different view than you. That is very important in our church today. When it comes to matters like this, there still needs to be 
unity. So we're going to look at this from a premillennial view, and I'm going to talk you through these various uh, major prophetic events that are, going to, that are going to take place. And again, we're only going to get part of the way through this today. So the first particular event that we have to look at is the church age, and then there will be the rapture, and we need to understand that, and then there is a tribulation, and then from there, there is, a, there is Armageddon that'll take place, and then the second coming of Christ, and there's a millennial reign, and then there's an eternity future, and a white throne of judgment. All of that is going to be taking place, and we're going to di- dissect it and try to understand exactly what all of these particular prophetic events mean, not only for the world, but also for us and the implications of that on our lives. And so the first prophetic event that we need to understand is what's known as the church age. The church age is now. The church age is essentially everything that has happened since the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles as they were in an upper room in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost. And from that day forward, the church essentially was launched out, and that represents you and that represents I. But why is there a church age? Well, the reason that there is a church age is because Israel has rejected the Messiah, And in light of them rejecting the Messiah, now became a time in which the gospel message gets to go throughout the entire world, and God's focus is now on all of the nations and the Gentiles and those that are non-Jewish in the world. So what you have to understand is that, biblically speaking, everything from a premillennial view begins and ends with Israel. That's very important. It all begins and ends with Israel because Israel gets the Abrahamic covenant, which we'll explain in them, which we will get to explaining. So because of that, those Israelites were meant to go out into the world, display to the world the life that they were, that the world was meant to live. They were meant to reach people and to tell the world about this relationship that God wanted to have with them. And that ultimately there was a Messiah who was coming and that through faith in that Messiah, a relationship could happen. But they didn't do that. And then finally, when the Messiah came, they rejected him. I don't know if you play chess much, but in a, in a more official game of chess, you're playing, and then you make your move, and then you hit the clock, and the clock stops for you, and then for the other person, it starts. That's in one way to understand what happened with Israel. They came, Christ came, they, they made their move, and their move was to reject Christ. And at that particular point, bam, their clock stopped. And then the Gentile clock started. And in this church age, what is happening is the gospel message is going out through the entire world, and God is going to deal with Israel later. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? 
because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives and we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. Imagine it like this. And Jesus tells a story very similar in Matthew chapter 22. Imagine that your child, your son, your grandson has a birthday party. And you want to make it the most memorable birthday party that he has ever had. So you go all out. You order a four-tier cake. You get a professional DJ to come in. You have inflatables. You order all types of hors d'oeuvres. You have servers who are there. You have a professional athlete showing up to sign autographs and take pictures. You go all in on this party. And it's for your family. The people who literally have your blood in their veins. And you send out those invitations. And then one after one after one after one, about a day or two before the party, they write back. They text, they call, they email, and they offer you one flimsy excuse after another flimsy excuse for why they can't come to your party. And this is family. Like you all come from the same, essentially that that same parent. And they say they don't want to come. They don't have time for your son. Well, you don't want to disappoint your son, so what do you do? Or you're like, well, we're still having a party, and these contracts have already been signed, and these people are still showing up, and they're expecting to get paid, so we're going we're gonna to make sure that this ends up being a fun party. So what do you do? You go, you, you reach out to your neighbors, you reach out to friends from school, you reach out to, you know, acquaintances, and then you tell them, hey, if you got somebody who could have fun at this party, you just tell them, it's my son's party. We're going to come and celebrate. We want to make this as, as memorable as we possibly can. We want this party to be a blessing to as many people as we possibly can. You invite whoever you want to invite. We want this to be as big as it possibly can be. And they come, and they celebrate, and they enjoy, and they're grateful, and they're thankful, and they, they, they aren't family. That's the church age. And that's essentially what Jesus described in Matthew chapter 22. The family members, those with the blood in their veins of the Israelites, of their father Abraham, rejected the Messiah. And God said, okay, if you're not coming to the party... The table is still set. We're opening up this invitation to everybody. And in fact, it's going to be a lot of people who you don't think deserve to be a part of the party. And so we're inviting all of them in, and we're all going to celebrate together. And that is what the church age is. And that's what we get to experience now. Romans chapter 11 says this. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery. Now, the word mystery often has this connotation of thriller, 
maybe even sort of, it, it, it's maybe even a bit negative, a bit scary. But what Paul is saying here is that there's this mystery that we didn't quite understand that now we do get to understand. Brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited, Israel has experiencing a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. What Paul says here is Gentiles, you and me, he's actually referring to this Roman church, don't get arrogant. Because what's happening here also is Nero is persecuting this church. A lot of the Jewish uh, people have left Rome at this particular point in time. And so now the Christians feel as though they are maybe better than the Jews. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. Don't get conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening of heart. In other words, they are blind. They're supposed to believe in Jesus. They don't believe in Jesus. But that's okay because that's going to be for your benefit now. Because we can't get the gospel through to them, we're getting the gospel to you. So you get to benefit until the full number of Gentiles has come in. And we don't know what that full number is. There is apparently some set number. God knows what that number is. God knows who's going to come to faith in Jesus. His point is, as far as the gospel is concerned, those Israelites are enemies of the gospel because they have rejected Christ. And you get to benefit because of it because their clock stopped your clock has started, and now you have a little bit of time to believe in him. And you have a little bit of time to tell others who don't believe in him to believe in him. And so throughout the church age, we have that opportunity now to worship and to celebrate what it is that is going on. And then the second major prophetic event is what's known as the rapture of the church. Now, the word rapture in the Greek is harpazo, and harpazo literally means to snatch away. Now, where do we get this idea of a rapture, this snatching away of believers from the world in the Bible? Where does that come from? Well, it comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. So there's going to be quite an entrance that he's going to make. And the dead in Christ will rise first, dead in Christ specifically, we need to recognize that part. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I want you to notice something here. When Jesus returns for this particular event, he doesn't actually ever step foot on the earth. He doesn't ever land. He doesn't ever have that official coming that's going to come later on. He just comes into the air and then he draws everyone up. He snatches them away. They're caught up together with him in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage on one another with these words. And so we are called to encourage one another as we anticipate this day coming. And so we're snatched up with him into the air. There's a couple particular intricacies about this. First of all, only believers, seemingly from the text, will see him. The whole world won't see him. Even though it'll be quite an entrance for all of us who do believe in Jesus, we are the only ones who actually see him. Secondly, is this, is that it is for those who believe that will be snatched away very quickly. How quickly, in fact? 
Well, I was listening to one person describe the speed at which this was to take, and as they were looking at the, the nuances of the Greek and, and what exactly that would mean to be snatched away, it was essentially the equivalent of what it takes for your eye to process light that fast, Not, which is significantly faster than even the blinking of an eye. It is going to be so fast, this snatching away that happens, that people are not even going to be able to process it because there is barely enough time for your eye in that moment to process the light that takes place. And this will be all the people who have believed in Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. And the third event, and this will be the last one that we get to today, after this happens, okay, there is going to be a significant amount of turmoil in the world, probably because a significant amount of the population of the world has just disappeared. There is going to be what's known as a tribulation. And this tribulation is not going to be good. What is going to happen from a biblical standpoint is that there is going to be some leader, some world dictator who is going to sign a peace treaty with Israel. And when he does, there is seemingly going to be three and a half years of peace, and then there's going to be three and a half years of absolute war. And it's not going to be pretty, and it's all going to lead up to what's known as Armageddon. The purpose of the tribulation, okay, is redemption of Israel, because all the Christian Gentiles are out of the picture at this point, and then condemnation of all unbelievers, So the purpose of the tribulation is for Israel and these Jewish people to come to faith in Christ. And the Bible says 144,000 of them at the very beginning of this tribulation are going to come to faith in Christ. And they are going to be persecuted beyond our wildest imaginations. We aren't even, can't even fathom what they're going to be put through. But they're going to be witnesses and missionaries throughout the entire world. And other Jewish people are going to come to faith in Christ because of this particular time. And this isn't something that's just being put together from the book of Revelation. It's not just being put together through some prophetic passage of Scripture that the Apostle Paul speaks of. This goes all the way back into the Old Testament, that this time of tribulation is prophesied to take place. 
Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, says this, Alas, for that day is great. There is none like it, and it is the time of Jacob's distress, but he was saved from it. That as they go through a tribulation, they know that Jacob's distress is coming, the Jewish people. And in that day of distressing, some will be saved from it, some will be saved because of it. Zechariah says this, It will come about in all the land, declares the Lord, that two parts in it will be cut off and perish. Two-thirds. Two parts is two-thirds. But the third will be left in it, and I will bring the third part through the fire. Refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say that they are my people, and they will say, the Lord is my God. In other words, the purpose of this tribulation and the difficulty of it is that a third of them would ultimately come to faith in Christ by the end of it. And what this all brings about is, for all of us, and specifically for them, to, let me illustrate it for you this way, is that there's a path that we choose, and we believe it is right, we believe it is beneficial, and then we realize we've got to choose another path. When we were moving to Colorado, um, I was, it's a very exciting, but then also stressful time. And part of the stress was we had to buy a house. And then we had to utilize and go essentially sign business deals with people that we didn't know. And we had to base that on other people's recommendations and referrals. Well, through the course of this, one of the people that we had to connect with was a realtor. And as I was talking with people at the church, I came to realize there was a lot of realtors that we could choose. Well, I had a couple of conversations and then inevitably I talked to one particular individual and this individual wasn't a part of our church, but I talked to him and and I said, all right, I think that we'll go, we'll use you as our realtor. But in the course of my conversations with this person, there was a few things that were, didn't sit well with me. And, and I won't get into all those details. It wasn't anything about him. It was more about the way that they operated in their particular business. And it's, it wasn't within an hour or two of getting off that conversation. I felt like I had to at least talk to one more realtor to decide if this is the person that we really needed to go with. Even though I'd essentially given him a verbal commitment. This was the one I felt like we needed to go with. Well, sure enough, I finally get a phone call in with this other realtor, and it wasn't 20 minutes into that conversation I realized, this is the person that we need to go with. This person understands the neighborhoods, they understand the schools, they understand homes that are better for families, they get the big picture, but I've already kind of agreed to go with this guy. I hadn't signed anything officially, but I'd already kind of agreed to be with him. Well, I like to be a man of my word, but I knew this was too big of a decision to just continue down that path. And I called him and I said, look, I'm so sorry to do this, but we really feel like we need to go with this other individual. And some of it's the way that your business is set up with the brokerage and how you only go with this one group. And then this person's gonna shop around our interest rate, shop around our mortgages with other companies. And and this person seems like they have a better feel for the schools. And they also have guaranteed that they will actually be here to walk us through the homes. And you are a little hesitant to do that. And so we just aren't going to be able to go with you. We got to go over here. Now that wasn't fun. It was a little painful. I didn't like to do that, but I knew I had to. In a similar way, that's what's going to happen with Israel is they have got their wagon hitched up to the Mosaic law, the chief priests. And then there's going to come a point in time in which a third of them in the midst of this tribulation through the pain and the hurt of that, they're going to realize we got to go a different direction. 
we can't keep going this way. Because if we go this way, we don't have any hope. We need to go and follow, follow Christ. We need to believe in him. And what I want to leave you with now, and we'll finish this all up again in the next few weeks, is that I want you to walk away with an excitement. I want you to walk away with encouragement. I want you to understand that God is not surprised by anything that's going on in our world. And the most important thing that you can have now is a faith in Jesus Christ. Because what that tells you is is that this world is not all that there is and that you don't have to have your hope in the value of your home, in the amount of money you have in your bank account. You don't have to have your hope in the quality of schooling your kid gets. You don't have to have your hope in um, your health even or your appearance. Your hope is in Jesus Christ and that is going to offer you an eternity of blessing that is beyond any of our imagination as the Bible says. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll go into communion. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for the hope that we have in Christ, that you have made available to all of us. I don't fully understand how it is that there's a group of people that have rejected your love, your pursuit of them. But Lord, I know that you will deal with that when the time comes. For now, I pray that we would have urgency to reach others, that we would have urgency to be a blessing to our world, or that we would make your gospel message known. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.